0: Hello, and welcome to the show, Gold Squadron Gaze. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower.
1: I'm your other host, Charles Rogers, and today we are joined by a guest. Introduce yourself to the people. Hello, yes, I am guest.
2: Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm Colton, uh, Colton Mason. I am uh, a friend of the show uh, from For Light and Dice, which is Star Wars uh, High Republic TTRPG actual play podcast, uh, along with Charles and I'm very happy to be here.
1: Yeah, you want to? uh, You really segued me into that that light and dice thing because I I said in the in the onboarding email I was like, be prepared for me to ask you about for light and dice. And Colton was like, I'm just gonna say it right at the top of the show. So Colton, you wanna you wanna tell us a little bit about your uh, your character in For Light and Dice? Who do you play in the show?
2: Yeah, so I. Play- Play um, uh, IA1N, who is legally a protocol <laughs> droid. Um, might be some other things. Guns might be involved, or sorry, Star Wars blasters might be involved. But you know, it's 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 good. He's he's just he's just a little guy, just just a little dude. Nothing to worry about. He's also a jizz
1: whaler. <laughs> yes, uh, canonically sits there and jizzes in my character's ear while okay. they are attempting to fly the ship. Yeah. Bradley, it's a really good show. So,
0: this is a PG 19. No, at this house. is, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <it's>,
1: uh... <laughs> Chris from Darkside Divas DMs it. How family friendly do you think we are? I'm not sure Chris could do something family friendly if he tried. IA1N is the um, one of the bigger troublemakers in the group. Uh, if you've listened to For Light and Dice, you know that quite a few of the events that have occurred in the back half of the first arc have been IA1N making some decisions. Uh, yep. But they are an interesting, morally complex character in the genre. I- <laughs> i don't think it's too complex it's charles <laughs> <laughs> what what would you describe the morality of ia1n uh without one uh <laughs> morality just ha- uh, the, the
2: logic just doesn't take morality into effect when uh ia1n is making decisions
1: uh-huh anyway rest in peace chuck yeah Will not be chuck. missed by
2: anyone but nope you. Well, no, nah, I mean, I bet he get he cheats at uh cards, so I don't think that even the other guards would uh.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. And he, he never tips his bartender. Yeah,
2: he's terrible, terrible, terrible. I I one did a service actually.
1: Honestly, IA1N may have made some points with that one. So before we jump in real fast, quick personal announcement. Uh, It should be out uh, by the time you're hearing this episode. If not, it will be coming out later on in the week. But I have been told it is coming out here fairly shortly. I was recently on an episode of Fulcrum Transmissions. Oh, really? And we talked about uh, Mon Mothma for a very long time. And Claire and I made Sage slightly insane. So that episode should be out. Uh, I know I think it comes out a little bit later in the day on Mondays generally so if you're listening to this in the morning head on over to Fulcom Transmissions and keep your eye on the feed it may be dropping uh but yes we had a lovely conversation I was part of their Girl Boss of the Week series uh and I was on the episode of Mon Mothma talking about how much I love her and how I am obsessed with all of her outfits that was my personal announcement I don't think we have any news Bradley was there any news that came Darth Vader there's another Darth Vader comic anthology coming out that's the Star Wars news this week.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I was like, I mean, if that's news, I guess it's I mean, not an- another Darth Vader thing <laughs> is happening. You know, I don't Congratulations. know. Congratulations, news, but
1: yeah, there we're you go. getting more Darth Vader because that's a character we needed a lot more from.
0: Yeah, they haven't really gone into depth into that character enough for me. So I'm thinking, like, yeah, let's let's really dig in. You know, what does he eat for breakfast? Like, you know, what are his favorite movies? Like, we don't know any of this stuff. So like, hurry up!
1: I need to know specifically the process uh, by which he shits. I feel like <laughs> that's the logical end point of this. How does he shit in the suit? Very carefully.
0: I just assumed he didn't have like an anus or anything. <laughs> like he just you know, he he basically was burned alive so I just assumed that like most of his body is robotic except for like his heart and maybe like his left arm or something. Like I just assumed that like yeah, everything I mean, else is robot. He, he probably just
2: feeds on radiation or something, you know, just just jamming the energy right in the veins you know <laughs>
1: well well here's the thing we know he has an anus um because in every darth vader story i've read he keeps getting fucked over by people <laughs> So the looks that I was getting in the Zoom call are absolutely worth it to say that out loud. <laughs> absolutely amazing. Um, speaking of people who are getting fucked over by the empire,
0: there you go. Good. The
1: topic up. of our episode today is the Bad Batch season one. Season one, Crazy. Season one. No. Who was it? It was somebody. It was s- me. That was you. Me was it? Who... It was you. You want to <laughs> yeah. tell Bradley? Because I haven't told Bradley. Yeah. So yeah, remember yeah. what happened when you mm-hmm. went to go watch uh, season two, episode three. So I can't
2: read numbers apparently. So I, you know, open Disney Plus. Um, I, you know, go to the Bad Batch and I just click on episode three, and it takes me about ten minutes of watching. Uh, to realize that you know I was like, this this seems very familiar because I I watched it when it came out, and then I haven't watched season one again. I wanted to rewatch it, but yeah, didn't have time. Um, so it's like this is all familiar and then i'm like this is season one episode three
0: you're like these writers are so lazy yeah i was like this stuff seems so
2: familiar so (laughs) rehashed i I was like why are the kaminoans back this is like (laughs) i i'm i'm very confused and then uh, yeah it was it's not i i didn't feel great
1: about myself yeah. Uh, <laughs> after we figured that out you know, say lovey some choices were made because uh, I remember uh, Bradley you and I were talking about in our episode zero we were like yeah the first season was kind of forgettable to be entirely honest, yeah, like I mean, we yeah. couldn't remember like we could remember overall plot details of what happened but and then here's Colton completely watching half the episode before they realize oh um Omega suddenly has shorter hair again. Uh that might explain that. <laughs> also they dredge Camino up out of the sea really fast. Tangenting back onto Camino, let's talk about season 2 episode 3 the solitary clone
0: yes uh this week the clones battle against a separatist holdout now normally colton we do like a what was the thing you liked about this episode what was the thing you did not like about this episode so i'll give you the floor what was the thing about this episode that you liked the most and what was the thing you did not like
2: so uh my my most what I like the most uh the droids I love droids droids are my favorite every whenever droids are on screen it, it just you love a
0: good droid my, it yeah.
2: brings joy to my little heart like I love droids um like deeply my background of my computer he I mean he's not a droid but my background of my computer is a uh, sexy General Grievous I love yeah no it's please
0: please uh share your screen real quick so I yeah. can see what sexy uh, General Grievous I, I'm, vaguely I'm very concerned curious with
1: what we're about to see here yeah. Yeah,
0: I'm like, what kind of smut hell is this gonna be? Like, I'm really curious. Uh, I, I, I mean, I've never been on like that side of Twitter before, but I'm very curious to see what uh, sexy General Grievous looks like.
1: Please, well, Bradley. Please we've we've me. previously established that um, you haven't been on Thrawn Twitter either. So this is true. This is true. Yeah.
0: Let's see. Oh my is- god. Oh. Okay. I would invite any. Okay. So this is for those of you who can't see, because obviously you're in audio. Uh, audio- you know,
2: I, I do um, have the artist and their Twitter handle. You do okay. So yes. can
0: we petition? Uh, can we make like a petition to have this artist finish the art? For those who can't see, it's an it, outline drawing. It's a drawing. sketch. It's a yeah, it's sketch. a sketch. I would love to see this finished. <laughs> <Of course laughs> I
1: mean, yeah, like, I like, same, same.
0: Like, why not? Uh, I love like how all of his limbs are just like very suggestively posed. Like, two of his arms are very come hither, and the other ones are like, oh, I'm just relaxing here by the fire place you know it's it's very sexy i i I very much enjoy this it's very it's
2: It's very uh draw me like one of your french twi'leks right uh (laughs) Right.
0: Yep, that's, what, Which, that's exactly what I was thinking.
2: Yeah. I, I still love that George Lucas was just like fuck it, I'm gonna make the Tweelix French. like Because George yeah, Lucas is a piece of shit. <laughs> I agree, but he, like, he, the way I imagine George Lucas is a metronome that swings from piece of just terrible garbage of a human being to absolute genius with no, you know, no equals. Because like, on one hand, he, you know, named music jizz, and on the other he was terrible to many of his actors, so it, it
1: it evens out. We get on the one hand, this is how Liberty dies with thunderous applause, yeah. And then in the same movie, we, well, we can't figure out what's wrong with her medically. Spot, she's fine. She just seems to have lost the will to live. Anyway, and she's the woman. only, you know, woman who woman who speaks in the entire three hours of the movie because they cut Mon Mothma out of the movie. Uh, right. i love that scene I'm, it's such a cut, good scene and they cut shakti's speaking scene out of the movie right. i forgot about that oh fuck me does another woman speak in that movie uh if you include the text,
2: Uba, uh, droid that uh helps padme give
1: birth Uba. which i don't <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you're so right yep. not a single other woman speaks in that movie What the fuck, George? Yeah, no, George was like, well,
2: there's no reason for this character to be a woman. They're a man. Oh
1: my god. Anyway, I'm I'm, I'm You realize
0: after a couple years, you know, you're just like, all right, well,
1: that's not problematic
0: at all, but sure. Wow, Jesus.
1: Uh, anyway, on that awful note, uh something you disliked about the Solitary clones. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, what's one thing you dislike?
2: Yeah, I fr- I forgot that's that's where we were. Um well, I don't love that the Empire's, you know, uh overthrowing uh, you know, legally appointed uh leaders, but um, you know, that's the Empire. I in a in an actual sense, I would say, you know, especially with all the controversy surrounding it just the like super whitewashing of uh the uh characters including especially crosshair
1: the the scene in the cafeteria i'm i'm gonna bring that up in my notes very specifically because it's one of the more egregious moments of um whose goddamn white baby is that which is what i am now titling <laughs> in this section <laughs> where i go through and tell you whether or not the clones are super fucking white and don't need to be in this episode spoiler alert it will be yes in every episode uh i'll go next bradley then i was gonna say perfect Uh,
0: transition go for it perfect
1: transition Uh, One thing I really liked, I liked seeing the uh, Grand Republic Military Center. Uh, I'll have the exact name for it uh, when we get further down in my notes, because I'm going to Google something and that's going to tell me what the exact name is. And I didn't bother to do it. But I liked being back on Coruscant. I liked seeing that. I liked the effective use of it uh, because in the Clone Wars, when it turns up, it's a really effective symbol of the rising fascism that's gripping uh, Coruscant and the Core Worlds. Uh, And I was delighted to see it again being used pretty much in the same way here. Um, One thing I disliked, oof. I mean, Colton kind of stole mine out from (coughs) under me. Uh, One thing I disliked, I thought that the structure of the episode was such, I mean, it was a really good episode, was the problem. Uh, I thought it was, there were a couple of moments where it felt like Crosshair was showing off a little bit. And they were like, oh, we want to be like super impressive with how Crosshair is shooting things. And they just keep doing it over and over and over again. Maybe one less moment of Crosshair being the bestest, most awesome boy who ever fired a sniper rifle might have... uh... Might have been worth leaving on the cutting room floor, but that's the only thing I can really think of broadly that I would say that I dislike, other than you know, Crosshair is significantly whiter than the other clones around him. Uh, Bradley, what about you? One thing you liked, and one thing you did not.
0: Um, I really loved the return of Saint Cody. Um, I thought that was great that he has done no things wrong in the entire universe. Um, and he's forgotten he's not revenge at all.
1: Hold on. Forgotten <laughs> Revenge of the Sith character that no one knows Commander yeah No one's Co- ever, yeah, no one's ever heard of this guy. You before. you're not on Twitter because you deleted your Twitter like a well, you deleted your public facing Twitter like a smart right. person. Of course. Uh, you have your actual normal Twitter still sure. in the background. Somewhere. Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly, yeah. uh allegedly, Bradley's alt is out there. Uh but the controversy today is a publication which I'm not going to name in shame because I fucking hate them, uh, published an article that was basically like Bad Batch brings back a forgotten Revenge of the Sith character. And the, it's talking about Cody. And it's like, um... Cody's a really character. I hate forgotten to tell you this.
0: Character.
1: He's been in things. People yeah. know who he is. A forgotten yeah. character from Revenge of the
0: Sith would be, like, the lizard from Revenge <laughs> of the Sith that, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi was riding. Like, that's a Excuse forgotten you, character. I could, like...
1: I could never, I could never forget Boga.
0: <laughs> What's the Boga's name? He is
1: a delight no 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 the, no, the, the name is boga yeah know, he, uh, it's a like, <laughs> it's a rectal it's a veractal. yeah so you liked that cody was back i, I, I didn't did i did i like cody
0: was back he's honestly one of my favorite clones only because he's special because he has a color you know not anymore um, right as we saw in the episode what i didn't like about the episode hmm uh that's a toughie uh i actually mm, i thought it was good i i liked it honestly i what i didn't like about the episode was that it wasn't the premiere because oh. i thought that this was a better episode than the two episode premiere and i was like kind of like wouldn't it be some shit if they started the season off without the bad batch and was like no let's focus on crosshair for the first episode that one to me would have been a better opening but you know
2: i i think i i think you know my opinions are probably bad, but I'm going to say them anyway. I think they that's should. That's the point combined... of the show. No, that's fair. <laughs> but I think they should have combined all three episodes into like an hour long premiere where it's like the Bad Batch Crosshair, the Bad Batch Crosshair, the Bad Batch Crosshair.
0: I could see them splitting up the episode, like and doing like uh, switching back and forth between yeah. the two stories. Yeah, you're right. I think I could have seen that
1: because there's also uh, to the middle part of the episode that's just action, right. They it's move a lot of filler point too, to yeah. And it feels like the beginning and the end were the really impactful portions. Yeah. Also, yeah, that... there's just
2: a lot of action that I don't really think was necessary in the first two episodes as well,
1: but... I mean, we also thought yeah, that... Yeah, I... uh We also thought that, that that's what was going on, as that there was just a little too much. All right. Well, we're going to dive right into notes here, and we will start with this sort of mining... Is it like a it's like an agricultural thing that they're yeah. in, but it's also a lie, like a lying liar who lies. Because I don't know if you noticed, but if you look at the center of it, if you look at the center of Desic City, that looks a lot like a Crimson Dawn emblem.
2: Nine it, at exactly nine thirty is sort of where the uh, where you can definitely oh, see. Okay, so yeah. Where is it? What uh, what time? Nine thirty. Nine thirty. Yeah.
0: Oh, nine minutes in. Yes. Oh, oh yeah,
2: you I can know. super see it. Yeah. Okay, hold on, I'm pulling
0: it up. Okay. Because
2: when I was watching it, I was like, that's a really interesting architectural design. Huh.
0: That and is that- a Crimson oh. Dawn
1: logo. Yeah,
0: Interesting. That's- are we chalking that up to happy accident? Or are we thinking like I think we're chalking that up to theory. accident.
1: Yeah, I want
2: I want it to be a happy accident because I think this is a uh a, I don't I I'm going to assume that girl boss uh Tanya Ames uh, Tanya Ames, <laughs> Ames, Ames is her name. Sorry.
1: We'll we'll get to her uh, in a little bit.
2: Has not aligned herself with a criminal organization
1: <laughs> well crimson dawn is supposed to be like in in like hiding at this point
2: yeah also but... i'm not sure i'm not sure if they you know would have the money or time to build a massive architectural uh symbol saying hey we're here but S- speaking star of star wars
1: so who knows really right <laughs> they have as much money as the plot needs them to have exactly speaking of Tawny Ames. Uh, we get our introduction to Governor Groton and Tawny Ames herself. Uh, do you all want to know who's playing? Governor Groton and Tawny Ames are two central characters. So, Governor Groton is being played by Max Middleman. Max Middleman has 250 acting credits. If you've watched an animated thing, it's very likely that he was in it. He's most known for being in One Punch Man. He's the voice of Saitama in the English version.
2: Oh, I have not watched that.
1: For my Star Wars The Elder Public people, he's Arn Paralone in Legacy of the Sith, um, and presumably Onslaught before that. As far as Star Wars goes, he's voiced the Quarren in Star Wars Battlefront and Battlefront 2, and he's voiced um, Han Solo in Star Wars... All Stars, the Lego special that I think they did. It was good. Anyway, Tawny Ames is being played by Tasia Valenza. I apologize if I mispronounce that name. Uh, She is most known for um, being the voice of Poison Ivy in Batman Arkham Asylum and Arkham Knight. She's Sniper Wolf in the Metal Gear Solid series. Uh, She's various assorted Voices in World of Warcraft looks like she does a lot of video game voices. And again, for my Star Wars The Old Republic people, she is the voice of Kaleo Dejanus. Everyone who plays Swator knows who that is. Trust me. So that's who's playing uh, Tawny Ames and Governor Groton. They are on a planet called D6. We don't- I how it was pronounced Desix. Shut up. Okay, <laughs> I'm reading it off of the working. Why the fuck did I see D6? Because I, you're I, so right, it's Desix.
2: I, I have no idea. Were you reading it like a droid name? Because that's like how a droid yes, name would be spelled. Because you,
1: put, but... because you put droid, because you fried my brain, right? With sexy General Grievous and it defaulted to droids. So now I'm just thinking D6. Uh, Desix is a new planet. We've never seen it somewhere before. It's totally new. I mean, the architecture was stunning. I loved how the city was
2: like designed. It was very pretty. Um, I I'm a I'm a fan of uh massive concrete structures.
1: It almost kind of gave me like in terms of the the it almost kind of gave me like a I don't want to say Babylon, but maybe like an ancient Persia feel or an ancient Mesopotamia feel, yeah. where you have the main city and it's it's pretty tight. Like the city itself is pretty tight and then you have the architectural or like agricultural fields that are outside of it. Almost kind of gave me that vibe a little bit. I loved it. It was great.
2: Also, uh, I love I love my my B1 battle droids. They're uh so good and that was such a lovely scene to just see them all appear and surround the uh troopers
1: it's very clone wars there's a lot of references to to clone wars in this episode which is nice like just in the way that they structure it and the way that they shot it and one big thing is a reference to clone wars we'll get to it you know when we get to it later on in the episode
0: i also love these um proto stormtroopers i guess you would call them like yes. uh, oh the yeah design. the 2k troopers yeah because not to throw out all this personal information about myself but i collect funko pops for those of you who don't know and really i
1: hadn't noticed
0: <laughs> um so recently in or not recently but uh they had done a um concept art uh series of like kind of the old um new hope concept art and they like made them all into funkos and one of them is the stormtroopers with lightsabers and this is exactly what they look like the proto kind of like what stormtroopers looked like before the final design was finalized so this exact look is kind of what they look like and it it the uh, ralph McQuarrie designs or whatever um so animation it, it fucking
1: real... loves pulling from him all yeah, over it, it looks great all over Rebels is just, what if we animated a show like Ralph MacQuarie art? So we're over on Coruscant. We will briefly here celebrate the return of Soup Clone, the clone who was very excited for Soup in Aftermath. Uh, We get a clone being very excited, although slightly less excited about Soup. However, that does have to be dampened by the fact that I feel obligated to point out Crosshair is significantly lighter than the other. And I looked at it on my high def TV in the dark, because that's how I watch these. As I watch them in high, one of the highest definitions I can do, short of watching it in a theater screen, is how I watch these episodes. Ah, uh, yeah, he's significantly whiter, and like his face seems like it might be around the same skin tone on certain monitors. Yeah, but then I'm like the top of his head is really white.
0: It's you know what it is I think it's because he doesn't have hair and so it really does like kind of wash him out um because he's got this shaved head and unfortunately his hair is also white so I think what they're doing is in addition to his skin being slightly lighter than the other clones his hair is making him look even brighter because right. of the way the lighting is working with his hair because i think he just has gray hair or like white hair that's just shaved off
1: he does but he's always bald and here's yeah. the thing about the, the he's always bald thing my father has been bald since I was a- been born. Like, the man has been bald his entire life. Uh, the top of his head is roughly the same shade as the rest of his body. Like, it's not like Crosshair just shaved last week. Or we see no visible indications of that, but even then it wouldn't, like, lighten the skin. I don't know, it's not- it doesn't- it doesn't look great.
2: It also doesn't help that, you know, all the clones are also just lighter than Tamara Morrison- in general as well, right? Like, if you compare the skin tone of Tamara Morrison to the clones in this... Scene. they're significantly lighter than
1: that yeah and it seems like they've darkened them up a little bit but we're still not quite there it's yeah. also issues with the lighting too like there's just a lot of itch. i'm really hoping they fix this in season three uh yeah. they I, I were like not able you, to do I a like lot how you of things. that
0: they're getting a season three after the these three episodes so far like i just love that you think that there is a season three after well the
1: lead time on animation is such that they probably have already progressed a decent way on a third season unless you know
2: the it is just a two season show and the two episode finale is the finale finale
1: well i think they have talked about season three i think they've talked about they're being a season three and continuing to like because they were talking about it in the context of the bad the batch being super whitewashed uh and talking about how oh we're gonna keep making improvements going into season three and i'm like yeah, I'd better see them, because right now I'm only seeing them on my HD TV that I watch in the dark. That's not great, folks. So that concludes our, our section of uh did they fuck up the whitewashing of the characters in this episode? Uh the answer is yes. In this scene, they are talking about something called the Defense Recruitment Bill. I don't know what that is, but it's really interesting to me because it sounds like a draft. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah,
2: that's I was just assuming it was just like increased funding for recruitment, but no, that it's totally a draft, isn't it?
1: It's this is fascism. It's a draft.
2: Yeah. I
0: well, it's like a draft with like incentives, right? Like, they're like, if you if you draft yourself, like, we'll give you, you know, a spaceship or something like i don't here's know a, what here's an absolutely
1: it, but... wild scenario i'm gonna pitch to you about what the empire possibly might be doing and both of you stop me if you've heard this anywhere okay uh, i'm sure i haven't because uh, you know, no, star is wars isn't political right this is a very wild theory uh however uh my theory is that what the defense recruitment bill does is it sets up offices uh particularly in areas where poor and vulnerable young people of fighting age might be located uh, and incentivizes them to offer these young people basic things like health care or food or employment in exchange for them to unquestioningly uh, sign several years if not the rest of their lives away uh, to the war machine uh, potentially to go out and die uh, as part of this army. Uh, like I said, this is a very wild idea, um, but it does seem something- like something the Empire might be doing.
2: Luckily, no country on, you know, this planet has done something like that, because that would just be bad.
1: Yeah, no country on this planet has definitely created video games to try to lure particularly angry, aggressive young men into joining a military force.
2: On a separate- Multiple times. uh, The new
1: Modern Warfare is
2: fantastic.
1: (laughs) Uh, I also want to contrast the uh, the the cafeteria scene from the scene we saw in Aftermath. Uh, so they're, they're very similar scenes to where a character or characters are cast out or uh, isolated from the regs, from the regular clones. Except in this case, Crosshair is alone and no one is going to defend him. He just kind of sits there and takes it. And I think it goes back to the overarching theme of the show, which is the togetherness Of the group, of the Bad Batch, is makes them happier, gives them more of an advantage than Crosshair by himself. Despite the fact that Crosshair is the quote-unquote superior one to the rags, he's easily the most miserable person in this room. He's easily the least liked person in this room. And there's absolutely no one in this room that is going to lift a finger to treat him with anything like any sort of respect. Because fuck this guy
2: so something interesting as well and it's i i think it's more just like how it's uh this episode's shot is this barracks and like cafeteria is so dead and lifeless and like somehow it's more depressing for me anyway than the like the camino barracks cuz like even though you know they had a foot and a half in diameter tubes to sleep in. You know, here they get actual rooms, but it's just so much worse. And I just, I I find it that really interesting just like to show
1: how much worse it is. Hold on, you know what I think it is? I I think I can explain that. It's the fact that this cafeteria, if you look at it, because I have the episode up in front of me, it's a little bit more rundown. The paint is a little bit chipped and scuffed on the back. The tables are... Not as clean. No one's maintaining this room. This is just a closet somewhere that they shoved these clones into. And the clones have to act like everything is fine. Because this is their orders. They're here now. Which is extremely fucked.
2: Also, I I wouldn't be surprised if, like, in the scene before when Crosshair's waking up, that tiny little light is the only light that's actually in the room, right? Like, I don't think Crosshair's just being you know, me uh, every day and just keeping, like, the lowest amount of lights on. I think that, like, that's full light, which just also shows how little...
1: Lights require budgets. Yeah, exactly. So there's a voice that comes over the PA. Do y'all want to know the voice of the PA? Yes, please. This is surprisingly more interesting than you'd think. So... The woman who is speaking over the PA, who's like, crosshair, go to Rampart's office to get your daily chewing out. Uh, That is Shelby Young. Shelby Young is a voice actress who is, among other things, the voice of Princess Leia Organa in Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, and Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales. She is the voice of Captain Bragg the villain of the Raxus episode in season one of The Bad Batch. Which one was the Raxus episode? So the one where they have to go get that Separatist senator out, and they have the really funny oh, droid yeah. with the vase. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Shelby Young droid. is the villain in that. She is also the voice of Skuld in God of War Ragnarok.
2: She was fantastic in that game.
1: Uh, She's Princess Leia Organa again in Star Wars Forces of Destiny. So basically, she just plays Princess Leia Organa in animated form. Whenever they need someone to be Leia Organa, it's this person, which I thought was cool. Somebody in the Divas Discord, shout out to our friends in in the Divas Discord, uh, said this, and I'm going to take it. Completely without checking any of their math, but somebody checked planetary rotations versus actual rotations and concluded that Crosshair was drinking his piss on a commuto platform for 40 days. My God.
0: Sounds about right. I mean, apparently it was 40 crunch. days
1: that he was sitting on that platform waiting for them to come get him.
2: Wow. Okay, also, I hate that line so much. It is the most clunky piece of exposition. I have heard it's in a Star Wars in a hot minute. Because it's like, you did this, didn't you? It's like, yeah it's like okay thanks for telling me
1: the audience this piece of information and I I just it's
0: lazy yeah it's lazy right the trope
1: is called as the trope is called as you know yeah exactly Uh, when the character says to another character as you know this fact about the thing yeah Yeah, it is unbelievably lazy writing
0: did they get crosshair because we were worried last time we were like did did they like is he just chilling you know on Camino and we (laughs) apparently no
1: No, they did not get him. Also- They left him there for over a month. Yeah, that's- I didn't even- Like,
2: he probably didn't even have a distress. Like, I don't even know how they found him, right? Like- I you have to assume it was like someone who is like a scavenger, like coming to collect bits of the broken thing, and then yeah, that like, has to be it, right? They were like, "Oh
0: shit!" Yeah, they were like, "Oh head. look, there's a person who's still alive." Yeah,
2: yeah, and I'm sure they're definitely still alive because that's how the empire rewards.
1: So regrettably, yeah. I I do have to give Bradley his wins here. Uh, he did call that the episode The Solitary Clone was going to be about Crosshair. And he also did call that they left Crosshair on Camino for a hot minute before they went and got him. Sadly, that is not this episode, much as I would have loved to see that episode.
0: That would have been the castaway episode that we were talking about. Like he was just chilling on a quote, island, chilling. you know, and then just you know, talking to a coconut the whole time, it would have been great. I mean, I, I think it, I, I feel like we were robbed as a Star Wars audience that yeah. this did not happen. Like, you know, why didn't Tom Hanks come in and do the voice of Crosshair? Like, we could have gotten this. Oh, well.
2: To the like castaway thing, instead of a coconut, it should be like five clone helmets. That he talks to, that would be fun, uh, and very depressing.
0: Absolutely, and then he hand he hand paints like all their different faces, so they're the bad. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. yeah. No, 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 no. because there was an anime where they did this. Oh, that my boyfriend made me watch. Hina Matsuri. Uh, it was an episode of Hina Matsuri where a girl gets stuck on, like, a tropical island, and she paints, like, the faces of her friends on dolls that they talk to her. Yes, I think that should have been crosshair in this Yeah, episode. it would
0: have been very hilarious if he would have done that, but um, um, unfortunately we were robbed.
2: I don't even know, like, how he survived, right? Because, like, 40 days without actual... Is the ocean on Camino just, like, fresh water? Has to be.
1: Or, like, it has to be. And, like, without food as well, because... He had to fish something up, probably. Yeah. I want to see his fishing set up. Oh, I mean, I
2: think that would actually be easy. He can just shoot, and then whatever he, he also shoots, can just...
1: just shoot. Yeah, yeah because, because he has a little sniper thing. He has a yeah, little he's, grapple he's gun. He can sit there and shoot. Oh, yeah, there
0: you go.
2: Yeah. So that's food covered, but yeah, the water has to be drinkable, at least. Fun fact, if you're ever in a um, survival situation where you uh, have to um, conserve your water and there's salt water, if you mix an 8 to 1 ratio of fresh Water to salt water, it actually keeps you more hydrated.
1: Duly noted.
2: Yeah. So if you're ever into that
1: very specific scenario, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I finally manage to trap Bradley on an island, that will be (laughs) how he survives. So we have a scene outside the first battle memorial wall for the first battle of Geonosis. Uh, Obstensively, it is a wall of the names of the clone, the numbers of the clones who died in the first battle of Geonosis in attack of the clones apparently it's just gibberish it's a bunch of random orabesh letters um people were mad about this on twitter you're you're care. telling
0: me it's not 12th night in
1: orabesh like written on the <laughs> right? wall Why it's like, not you know... 12th night in orabesh no sadly <laughs> i mean if um... they
2: were doing gibberish they should have just stuck to numbers instead of letters cuz then it would have been you know fine that seems so oh yeah cuz
0: they yeah they're clones cuz if it's just right? the numbers
1: yeah yeah, yeah okay it, so then, yeah that I think it's would supposed to sense. be just the numbers we'll be because they, they wouldn't. Would they have? Uh, they would have had names at this point. Well, I mean, some of them. might. Let's see. Oh, Let's. Oh yeah, see. no,
0: they would. Yeah, but they're not going to go. It's, and the write it's the designations, It's the
1: designations. Yeah. Wikipedia does confirm that it is engraved with the designations of the fallen clones. Let's talk about where we are. So we are at. The former Republic Center for Military Operations, or the Republic Military Base. It is currently being called the Imperial Inspectorate HQ, or Naval Intelligence Headquarters. Do not think is the same building that we see in Andor. Uh, Yeah, that one's kind of like a cone that one's kind of, that one's isb specifically yeah this is the imperial inspectorate hq is where is that, we are at
2: is this the same building that was that uh soko was in, it is uh... exactly
1: the same building because we first saw the first battle memorial wall in the jedi who knew too much and then we see her run along the top of it in the wrong jedi i think nah, i mean that's probably correct and that sounds right to me so yeah 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 um but we don't have a lot of time to be at the first battle memorial wall because uh, who shows up well, Crosshair doesn't know at first, which was fucking hilarious. Right. He's to like
0: semi racist against his own clone brothers. Uh he's he doesn't like, I didn't give a shit you. about
1: he didn't give a <laughs> shit about recognizing the regs. Fuck the regs. Yeah. She's just no been, one like, cares about the regs, especially not crosshair.
2: Who is uh, she? I don't care. Her's...
1: I don't know her, which is really sad for reasons we will get to in, in a little bit. But yeah, it's Commander Motherfucking Cody. Uh shout out to Jess who played Lysander on For Light and Dice. I'm so glad you're getting to live your best life with this Cody appearance. I am sorry it's in this show. Guess Cody is back. Also, I love that
2: he still has all the communication equipment, just like he, (laughs) you know, had in Clone Wars, where he's just now someone else's secretary instead of Obi-Wan's secretary.
1: We need to point that out to Chris the next time we record for Light and Dice, that Cody is still wearing all the communications equipment.
2: Yeah, like, he has, like, an antenna on his arm, he has an antenna on his helmet, he has, I think, an antenna on his back, too. It's just, it's a lot of antenna. I
1: I, I find it funny when people are like, no one cares about Cody, because I was in the room when the trailer for this premiered, like the world premiere of the first Bad Batch season two trailer, they had to replay the trailer. And the reason they had to replay the trailer was the minute Crosshair said, uh, the room fucking exploded and the cheering continued for a solid 22, 25 seconds. Drowning out the next several lines of dialogue in the trailer. No one could hear the rest of the trailer. And I was sitting with Chris, uh, as well as another member of the Divas Discord. And the three of us, one, we were losing our minds. But two, yeah, you couldn't, we were in close to the front. And you couldn't hear anything when Cody came on the screen. People were that excited to see him.
2: I don't know what this means in my notes. It says
1: brain chip question mark. Oh he still has his chip. Did Cody remove Mm. his brain chip because it looks like he did? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you talking about like the the C on his forehead? Yes. I think yeah yeah, is that
0: not always there. I think that's a tattoo.
1: Yeah, I see for Cody. (laughs) I'm trying to get a good shot of his face.
0: I'm looking at it. Yeah. No, because isn't the their their chip is in the Ooh. It's on the side of their head and their they temple, get, right?
2: It's on the uh I know Rex got it removed from the right side of Okay, the let me right, look at right Commander Cody.
1: I think the scar is too low. I think his inhibitor oh yeah. chip is still in there. Is Well, we also know from Hauser that the Inquisitor that the the inhibitor chip is starting to wear off. And oh, Rampart okay. points out that later on in the episode that some of his growing frustration is that the clones aren't as loyal as they used to be. Right. Okay. That. Yeah, because yeah, that...
0: I'm, I'm looking at a picture of Cody from, I guess, I'm assuming it's from the old Clone Wars show, and he still has that little C on his forehead. So that's not yeah. the chip.
1: He has um, his yet. chip in.
0: Okay. Well, interesting. So, yeah, it just doesn't work anymore. Or it's very, very low working at this point.
2: Okay. That lends much more credence to the Obi-Wan Kenobi clone being a member of the... 501st because he did... See, I was under the assumption that Order 66 just continued on forever. So, like, I always just assumed that that clone didn't know who Obi-Wan Kenobi was, but...
1: I think that clone yeah. doesn't know who Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, was because he looks old and beat up. That's fair. We know this because Leia tells him he looks old and beat up. <laughs> no, that's yeah. That's valid. We hop back over to Desix and we get um the most wonderful scene of two battle droids being sassy as hell. I love them. battle so droids. Much being voiced again of course by the incomparable Matthew Wood who is essentially Star Wars royalty at this point the man has been working on Star Wars since actually at least 2008 at least 2008 because he's the voice of general grievous in oh, Revenge- I he just has found been working oh, he has been working on Star Wars as far back as t- in 1999, he was the ADR recordist on episode one, The Phantom Menace.
2: Okay, cool.
1: He also played Bib Fortuna in it, I'm pretty sure. So he's a veteran. Yeah. So he's a veteran. He's been doing this a while.
2: I just found out that he did, he was like one of the only actors who did, him and like um, Liam Neeson are like two of the only actors who played their character in Clone Wars and in the movies. Uh, I-
1: it's it's Liam Neeson, Matthew Wood, and Pernilla August all reprise their role. Who,
2: who, who, Who's the last one?
1: Who's Pranilla August?
2: Yes, I don't know. Attributes. Pranilla August
1: is the voice of Shmi Skywalker in the Mortis arc. Oh, When yeah. she shows up and she's the Force vision, that's being voiced by the woman. And that's because the casting, there was like a person who worked at Lucasfilm. I can't, it was a casting person or was somebody who'd been there, or maybe it was like a PR person, who'd been there for a really long time. And so when they were talking about bringing in Qui-Gon and Shmi for the Mortis art, uh, this person just got on the phone with the original actors and was like, hey, do you want to come in and record one scene? I love that. Mm-hmm. So we've got some sassy battle droids. I love the way that they're setting up the the twist with Groton by having, us, having Groton do the standard like being captured thing. The you won't break me, you'll never get away with it. Except, you know, he's a fascist and that will be a twist later, that he will act exactly like we would expect him to. They also have spent a lot of time talking about Count Dooku in these three episodes. Yes,
2: I loved this bit. Like, just because, like, the Separatists, for the most part, if you ignore, you know, all the war crimes that Grievous did, which, you know, I don't forgive him, but I forgive him because he's the perfect, uh, adorable little, little guy. The Separatists were, like, actually in the right, in the civil war right like they were just trying to if you ignore the trade federation and the other like capitalist interests which you know but they were just trying to get away from the corruption of the the obvious actual corruption and it it just it's so interesting that we actually see are getting to see more of their side now that we're not watching the clone wars which is literal propaganda right (laughs) like that's why you lauren has the spiel every episode to actually mimic propaganda. And it's just,
1: it's, I think it's neat.
2: Because like, also they don't know that Dooku was an actual Sith, probably.
1: Everybody has a lot of opinions on Dooku. Yeah. And it's interesting to get some varying opinions on Dooku because the last episode we got a guy who was basically like, yeah, Dooku was extremely shitty to his people. And then we have Tawny Ames who's like, actually, Dooku kind of knew what he was talking about and he was right. Um, It is almost like capitalist interests will come in, take perfectly noble causes and twist them to their own ends uh, for both profit and to advance their own interests. However, there are no politics in Star Wars. No. Anyway, gays, why don't you
2: sashay into deals every June?
1: Make sure you purchase the Disney Funko Pop Stormtrooper that's a rainbow. Oh, that's <laughs> was, right. Yeah, they had
0: their little pride collection. collection. Yeah, You yeah, didn't yeah, even yeah.
1: buy, I don't think, Bradley. And you no. literally collect Funko's. I don't like- I don't
0: buy those dumb like pride ones or those uh make a wish ones, like oh kids. Ugh <laughs> yeah, charity. Oh, ew. Ugh. How dare oh, you
1: support good causes? Ugh. Ugh. I hate causes. I hate charity. Ugh.
0: I hate kids.
2: So now that Dooku isn't sabotaging, you know, his own troops, the B-1s are actually pretty effective, right? Like, they managed to, you know, successfully shoot down a, you know, incoming ship. They're stupid. They're still stupid, which is why I love them, where they, you know, crash and they only see one corpse and they're like, no survivors. Because yeah, it's like why others... would you send
0: why would you send them to go investigate something? That's yeah. the dumbest thing that you'd like send your human people to go investigate and then like I don't know. It was it was hilarious, obviously yeah because, oh, well, yeah.
1: yeah. I, well I can I can explain that and it's really interesting. It's because what we're seeing here is a mini version of how the separatists thought they were operating where you have yeah. Tawny Ames and she clearly has people because she's flanked by bodyguards in the first two scenes. She fully has people who are capable of firing guns. She's not going to put them in harm's way. Right. She's and, going and... to use the droids. And that was the whole point of the droid army, as we know from Dark Disciple. Yeah, that, that was the,
2: the speech with Dooku being the like- The speech
1: that Dooku gives, yeah. which you can hear me talk about that speech on the Dark Disciple episode of First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. But he gives a speech and he's like, yeah, we're actually more moral because- the Republic sends living, breathing people to die. And the only people who fight for the separatist cause are people that want to fight for it. And this is kind of a mini version of that, where she's just using the droid. It is very,
2: like, anti-droids, because droids are, like, sapient creatures, right? Like, they have thoughts, they're able to you know, it's very data in Star Trek where, like, they're actually, you know, they fulfill everything of having a consciousness and being able to, you know, be themselves as people. But, you know, it's fine.
1: Perhaps some droids, <laughs> uh, protocol droids in particular, uh, that may or may not have a penchant uh, for music uh, and a collection of guns, perhaps should consider having some less thoughts. I think that would be even more dangerous, arguably. Um <laughs>
2: Anyway, the the one character who's a droid in solo that I don't like that movie by the way. I did I oh, strong opinions uh hot takes that's the word. Uh but that droid was was correct. Anyway, regardless. Uh,
1: Everything L3 says is 100% correct yeah. in that oh, yeah. movie. Yeah.
2: Also voiced by Fleabag um uh didn't know that until like recently.
1: Uh there is a short story in the from a certain point of view for the Empire strikes back that's actually the point of view of the Millennium Falcon which uh when 3PO is talking about in the movie about how the Falcon speaks with an interesting dialect uh and we know that L3 was plugged into the Millennium Falcon from the movie Solo right uh there are actually three different fully sentient intelligences within the mainframe of the Falcon oh, that are constantly communicating with each other. And one of them is L3. That's so cool. Um, a, I highly recommend, from a certain point of view, both both of them. Um, you can also hear me talk about uh, a short story from some, from a certain point of view on Fulcrum Transmissions when I talk about Mon Mothma. It's not
2: canon, but the uh, Tales From series from, like, the 90s Oh my yeah. favorite books. Right. And one of them was... The Tales from the Bounty Hunters from the second movie. And it was just like all yeah. the bounty hunters that... uh I have it over there somewhere. The first one is IG-88's story. And IG-88 makes like seven clones of himself and sends them out. And the last one dies because he plugs into the... Uh, the computer of the second Death Star, because that was the only thing big enough to inst- instigate a droid rebellion throughout the entire galaxy, which was IG88's full plan. And uh, he died because the Death Star blew up. He also Bradley with Bradley helped the team. Bradley, I
1: see, I see that expression that you're making in the Zoom call. Um, I can corroborate this. Everything yeah. that Colton is saying is accurate
0: is canon i'm just kidding it's not (laughs) canon unfortunately well well, i mean here's the thing i mean canon is is stupid because if you think about it it's like what do you like you know what i mean like if, if it existed at some point my thing my my thoughts on canon is if it has existed at some point and it was under the star Wars label at some point, if you want to include it in your little personal headcanon, then go for it. Because honestly, unless it doesn't really conflict with anything, like who the fuck cares? Right. Like, I mean, that's my thought process. You
1: can, you can mesh stuff off. I've talked about before how, like, Um, like you can view the Tartakovsky Clone Wars as canon because it doesn't really conflict with anything. And I like considering it canon. It is actually semi-canon. Thank you, Mike Chen in Brotherhood, uh, who somewhat canonized the events of the Tartakovsky Clone War series, but you can look at that and there's also some things like, if you want to, it's personal to you. Now, I do say it's a difference between identifying something as personal to you. Like, I like to generally think the events of Outbound Flight happened, and I know something very similar happened because of the Ascendancy Trilogy, uh, but obviously the book is written didn't happen. That's just my choice. I'm right. not about to sit here and say Outbound Flight is canon because I've decided it is and get really aggressive about that. That would be a stupid way. Folks, I hate to tell you this, but you can't just decide something is or isn't canon uh, when it is explicitly canon uh ray skywalker is a skywalker she used force lightning in the movie because she used force lightning in the movie that's how this works i'm afraid also Force
2: lightning isn't like a necessarily dark side power plo Koon used Force lightning
1: it's not there is no such thing as a light side power or a dark side power this is stupid and wrong and i've had many shouting matches with people over this that's not how the force
2: works also like speaking of like bringing things into canon another story from the tales from the jedi was reworked into the episode of the mandalorian uh, where they fought the crate dragon.
1: You mean tales from the bounty hunters, or
2: uh, no? It was tales from Jabba's palace. Tales from Jabba's palace. Okay. Um, yeah. No, there were three. It was tales from the cantina, tales of the bounty hunters, tales from Jabba's palace, and uh, the one of the short stories they did the crate dragon fight, and then it was reworked into the episode of the Mandalorian, which was oh, really cool.
1: See, I yeah. always thought it was just a giant, nicely old Republic reference because they beat the they try to beat it exactly the same way as they do in nicely old Republic.
2: Oh, I mean, it might have been that too. I, I, I don't know anything about the old Republic other than, uh, uh, what's her name, had three lightsabers, and that was really cool.
1: Kreia, Darth, Darth Treia. What? I just, (laughs) spoilered spoiler KOTOR for everyone. Uh, (laughs) Kreia is bad, actually. I mean, this,
2: uh, this 20-some-year-old game, it's...
1: Whoops. Yeah. Um, wasn't Tales from Jabba's Palace the ones where Jabba sends Leia to have sex with Boba Fett, and then Boba Fett gets really offended because premarital sex is morally wrong?
2: I don't think so. I don't I'm remember I'm fairly that. certain
1: this happened. Hold on, I, I want check. Yeah,
2: I mean, there's one where, um, what's his name? These were the weird. Uh, These
1: were 90s sci-fi.
2: Yeah, there is one that I just absolutely love. But, um, like, one was, uh, oh god, who was the Twi'lek Major domo? of Jabba. Uh, Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna. In old canon, Bib Fortuna just gets captured by the Bomar monks and lives the rest of eternity, screaming in pain in as a brain in a jar. The, like, little spiders with brains, the Bomar monks, they just kidnapped him and put him in a brain jar, which is great.
1: Okay, so the fuck... Yeah, no, I think it's... I like the show version
0: better where he just gets obese and then dies. I think that one's fine with me. Like, I, the other one's not as good.
1: Well, oh, yeah, get... no, hold on. Hold on, oh. I found it. I oh. found it. Um, I don't know if it was in Tales of Jabba's, from Jabba's Palace, uh, but I'm going to read directly from Wikipedia here, and then we'll get back onto discussing this episode. I'm um, so, sorry. Apparently... Apparently, when Leia unfroze Solo and was to be Jabba's slave girl, Jabba sent her to Fett's room to, quote, entertain, end quote, the hunter. Boba, due to his moral code, declined, but did not send Leia back as it would be an insult to the crime lord. Instead, Fett and Leia passed the time by arguing about the rebellion's wrongdoing and the Empire's actions. After getting uncharacteristically angry, Fett swiftly curtailed the argument and fell asleep on the floor, letting Leia sleep in his bed.
2: Oh, uh- Okay, uh, do uh, do you have the title of what that is? As an
1: adult, (laughs) hold on, later on in Personality and Traits, as an adult, Fett was very puritanical and claimed he had not so much as held a woman in his arms. Similarly, he felt that sex between non-married individuals was immoral and the source is Tales from the Bounty Hunters. That is the book where this comes from. What story? Last One Standing, The Tale of Boba Fett.
0: Okay, so maybe there are levels of canon that matter. Uh... (laughs) Maybe some things we can pretend
1: even didn't happen in Legends. I, wait, okay, what was it called again? Sorry. Last One Standing, the story of Boba Fett. I need to get my copy of that because I do not remember that. Yep. Similarly uh horrifying um is uh this episode, which is continuing. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck a segue is. Anyway, Crosshair sends some guys out to get them out of the way so he can take the tank out. Uh I want to talk about the music during this this battle sequence when they're running up. Because it's the Clone Wars clone theme it's specifically the clone theme that's kind of remixed so it's not quite right it feels like there's notes missing but it is the clone theme the bit where they're running up
2: oh yeah it is i'm Mm -hmm. listening to it right now wow yep that's that's neat that's really cool i didn't even realize that
1: we get a little bit of, of banter between cody and crosshair up at the top um and here's the part where i remember i said i'm gonna make the fact that crosshair didn't recognize cody worse Think all the way back to the Bad Batch episodes in Clone Wars. Who calls the Bad Batch in? Oh. It's not Rex. No, it isn't. It's Cody. Cody is friends with Crosshair.
0: I mean, Crosshair's just kind of a bitch, though. Like, like, you yeah, it is. Mean? Like, he's he kind is. of doing it on purpose, though. Like.
1: But these but these two are friends. Well. Wow. Like, Obsensibly, they're as close to friends. Like, if you watch Crosshair bantering with Cody in this. It's the closest we've seen crosshair since the show started to actually bantering with someone and meaning it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's true because everybody else he talks to is technically in the first couple of episodes his brothers or well, I mean, everybody's his brother technically, but it's, Yeah, the only brothers he cares about are his semi-similar brothers next that live with him. And And he doesn't (laughs) give a shit about most of
1: the regs, but here is Cody, who's one he actually knows. I love that. Uh, We get a little brief aside in the middle of the action with some civilians to remind us that Crosshair is fully prepared to whole ass gun down some civilians if he feels like they're a threat.
0: I thought for like a hot second he was going to be like, oh, we have to kill these people. And then Cody was going to be like, uh, sir, uh we don't need to kill every single person that was not our orders like
2: yeah and then my my favorite bit of that is we're here to help says cody lying
1: we're here to help says the authority figure which is always a lie. Yeah, yeah, with the gun. Yeah, yeah, no, ignore
2: <laughs> the fact that we're, you know, invading your city. We're we're the we're the good guys.
1: Yeah. We are absolutely the good guys yeah. here. We get to see some droid poppers again from the clone wars, which is neat. Love poppers. Um <laughs> Oh my god. I'm going to leave that one alone. Um <laughs> I'm going to instruct Bradley to leave that alone. (laughs) Just no, Bradley, wherever you were going to go after that, don't go there. Say it, you coward. Say it. We we don't need to know anything about you and Poppers.
0: You know, honestly, yeah, we'll just leave it alone. I I don't want to go too easy with that one. Uh, We could spend another 25 minutes here uh, talking about, um, you know, droid brand Poppers and jungle this and juice that. So we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll just leave it alone.
1: Where is my Star Wars brand line of poppers called Droid Poppers? Oh my God!
2: Yes, please. I'm gonna, that's the trade goods I'm going to give out when we uh, <laughs> go to celebration eventually oh for plaid. God.
1: We're gonna give out little little bottles of droid poppers.
0: Oh, that's oh, such a good idea. Right? Like
1: Yeah, it's like a gift,
0: like, to, you know, like, make us like, okay, if there's any other uh, gay podcasts that want to, like, come together and make, like, a little booth or something. At, we'll we'll uh, make some droid
1: poppers. <laughs> yeah. Pop-
0: we'll, like, we'll just hand out poppers at a uh, celebration
1: oh <laughs> that's fucking God. horrifying
2: <laughs> oh, also in this scene I love my droidicas. I love them so much Um, except for that one was really stupid because it rolled for some reason instead of just walking calmly forward with the shield up which seemed odd but you know it had to be removed somehow for the right, story to continue plot has plot. to happen yeah exactly <laughs> I'm just like, that was. Yeah, because odd. otherwise
0: they're basically indestru- indestructible. Like, there's no yeah. way to defeat them whatsoever. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, so, like, had I written it, as, you know, the junior amateur screenwriter that I am, just have Crosshair successfully, like, slowly
1: roll the popper into the shield. But, you know, it's... I wonder where you got that idea. Could it possibly be from a arc of the Clone Wars, where they yeah. literally instruct people to roll the droid poppers very slowly, so as to uh, get inside the droidica shields? Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's fine. Pay-
2: setups don't need payoff.
1: Surely, surely that was not the series of episodes in which uh, the Republic armed a local militia in order to carry out terrorist attacks against a government uh, that was opposed to their interests to install a government uh, which would be more sympathetic to them.
2: Luckily, that's never happened on this planet.
1: Luckily, that didn't happen in Clone Wars at least twice that I can think of off the top of my head.
2: I... I think there's three right because the lerman count technically
1: i don't know if they overthrow a government they train them but it's nobody Ooh. gets overthrown the and separatists I mean... do it in oh, moncala yeah, and then the republic does it on onderon right it's fine war crimes don't exist because we love war exist. crimes yeah yeah N- exactly. okay no mm. <laughs> war crimes do exist in the Star that's, Wars universe, that's not canon. <laughs> that is, that canon. was, cu- is it? I thought that was cut from the Clone Wars. So that are, the concept of war crimes seems to exist because it's brought up, I believe in the Aftermath books and other places, the concept of bringing someone up for war crimes. Now the Geneva Conventions do not exist. And this is where people get hung up. There's no war crimes in Star Wars because the Geneva Convention doesn't exist. First of all, it's still a war crime because we're applying our logic as viewers to it. Secondly, even within universe, the concept of a war crimes tribunal exists. But also, the Yavin convention could be something Obi-Wan's making up, but could also be a real thing. So we don't necessarily know. We know there's there's no Geneva convention.
2: Given the Republic and, you know, it's kind of stand-in for many things, including the UN. The Yavin Convention probably is real, but it's like a non-binding resolution to, like, set up some actual laws in the future sometime, just given how the Republic generally operates.
1: This is a thorny issue. Let's move on to the (laughs) stairwell scene. Yeah, so the stairwell scene... Yeah, it's good, and it's also kind of our first look at how the mirror stuff actually works. Because he generally just throws the mirror and stuff, and then is like, oh, I shoot now. We see that he is actually looking in the mirrors and their his eyesight is good enough to see through the mirrors and that's how he's lining up the shot which is very nice uh we also get cody being a badass which i appreciate
2: i loved that scene i don't know why both of their helmets got knocked off at the same time so we these. can
1: see uh, them emoting eh,
2: yeah yeah sure, it's for drama
1: I suppose
2: that, you know, this is a fake show and not real life, I guess. I can accept that as an answer.
1: However, uh, as we progress through the scene, they take out the tactical droid and then something very annoying happens, which, uh, oh, oh, I get to be Steph for a hot minute. To all of the people in the TikTok comment of a TikTok that we put up a couple of weeks ago about the fact that the clones use a fucking flamethrower on the droids, I am aware that there are plenty of reasons that you can cite for why it might make sense to use a flamethrower on the droids. I don't care. It is my sworn enemy. And I have decided that they should have just shot them with a gun.
0: Yeah, it seems a little random, especially for the 0.5 seconds it's on screen. It's honestly on screen. It feels like it's on screen less time than it was in the trailer. And I'm confused why it was even an option for this clone.
1: Oh, oh, hold on. No, I'm going to cut you off because I just put it up again. It's even more fucking bad because if you watch the little clip right before the clone walks around the corner and shoots the droid with a flamethrower instead of, you know, a gun that would make sense um, and be faster and more uh, take them out faster. um, We see in the background there is a droidica with the flame stuff on it. So very clearly, they had to take out this Dredica shield in order to burn it with a flamethrower. To take it out, what was the fucking point of this? So
2: my assumption is just the fire moves slow enough to pass through the.
1: Uh,
0: that's what I was going ex- to say. Ex- ex- yeah. No,
1: because fire is like energy. No, well, you know um, what? We're, like it's moving very quickly. That the
0: the flamethrower takes out droidic of battle shields. Inside, uh, yep, that's the other way to or do whatever.
1: It. <laughs> The way that fire works. Yeah. In physics, is that it's energy? It's closer to the laser pulse than the static objects that they can roll through. That makes no fucking sense.
2: Right, but this is also like a liquid that's on fire, right? Like flamethrowers don't, don't just shoot fire, they shoot flammable liquid. So it could just be the liquid that's passing through. Also, that's very except true, it's yeah.
1: moving too fast. No, I mean, yeah, that's the sort of. Because in the Onderon arc, we see I will get super fucking nitpicky in my hatred of the flamethrower. And what the fuck is it do? Why did you waste time animating this? <laughs> Why is this here? Why are you doing this? This makes mix- this. You know what this is? Someone on that fucking show, I know this, someone on that fucking show either listens to Gold Squadron Gaze or listens to another show like Darkseid Divas or J-Guys and Jedi where my hatred of the flamethrower is brought up and put this in here to spite me specifically.
2: So it might- Whoever (laughs) you
1: are, I hope this is the content that you wanted because I am in a Droidica. Really? Really? They used a flamethrower on a Droidica? How the fuck does that work? How the hell does that work?
2: So, I have another option of how it might have worked. It might have been one of the cheaper models that don't. doesn't have the bubble shield, right? Like, not all Droidicas come equipped with the shield generator. Um, also, in my notes... I have not sure how a flamethrower kills droids, but okay. And then under that, Charles is going to hate
1: this. According to (laughs) the many, many, many TikTok comments we received about this, um, it can overheat their internal processing cores. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I was assuming it just like melted bits
2: in
0: them. Yeah. And like the, the, the idea is it through. gets
1: inside, and it like apparently like melts uh, their processing cores. However, you know what else melts the processing core of a of a droid? Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna say a blaster rifle for four hundred, Alex. Uh, ding, ding, ding! It's a fucking blaster bolt <laughs> would we'll do the job just as well. Uh. I will say at the very least, it is a, a sort of hand cannon flamethrower. Uh, we're not using a wrist mounted flamethrower, which are the worst flamethrower. I think they're the best them. flamethrower, However, anyway. I, I will be thinking about and bitching about this five seconds of Star Wars animation for the rest of my natural born life. Love that. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know we want to talk about the really intense scenes that happen after this. No, I want to bitch about the flamethrower for 10 minutes.
2: Like, half the reason I started listening to y'all's podcast is because I heard about the hatred of flamethrowers and I just had to figure out, like, what was happening. Because I love flamethrowers, just in general.
1: (sighs) anyway, (laughs) we get a lovely, lovely scene where uh, Cody attempts to, to talk Tawny Ames down, which is just a great scene. I do want to bring up a few things from it. I want to ask Bradley directly. Did it mean anything to you when they talked about the potential peace accord that Mina Bonteri put forth? Do you remember this at all?
0: Absolutely not
1: okay i knew that i i
0: recognize i, rec- I recognize the name because i i heard it obviously but i didn't like it didn't click in my brain you like, just oh, read the padme
1: books a couple of months ago she's in the first one.
0: Oh, the, yeah that's the only one i've read so far so that's okay. that's why like i I've, I've heard the name before multiple times and i vaguely have the idea of it i just you know it, it was like kind of like one of those things like Star Wars, you got to stop pretending like we all are Charles and we all read every comic, every book, everything. Like, yeah, it's a cute little Easter egg that she said that name, but it's like, like, I cannot. Like, I can't remember what that is.
1: What that is, is it's a reference to a series of episodes in the Clone Wars. It's a, it's, uh, I think either a two or three episode arc where Padme basically Ooh. like it's a two episode Padme sneaks onto Raxis and has a negotiation with Mina Bonteri and they put forth a bill to with the Separatist Senate uh, to sue for peace and the bill passes. So Dooku Insidious sends some people in some droids in to blow up the Republic power grid to stage a false flag terrorist attack. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. That
2: then was the at like the same cleaner time, droids.
1: Yep. At the same time, they have someone uh, assassinate Mina Bonteri. And so both sides are now super mad at each other because uh, the Republic blames the Separatists for the terrorist attack, and the uh, Separatists blame the Republic for the assassination of Mina Bonteri, Um, and the war continues. This is also why Lux Bonteri keeps trying to kill Count Dooku, because he knows Count Dooku had something to do with his mom's death. The point is, there's no politics in Star Wars, and uh, those politics that don't exist in Star Wars definitely don't continue to have far-reaching implications. So Tawny Ames is clearly one of the people who put forward that bill that passed the separatist Senate. I also like that um, Cody is negotiating. That is his first like default is to negotiate. Where do we think he learned how to do that?
2: Um, definitely not uh, the person who was in charge of a ship called the Negotiator. Definitely uh, not
1: a person nicknamed the Negotiator. Yeah.
2: Um. Good. Good old uh, o- Obi Wan can Ken- can. Ken- obi nailed it
1: um i do believe that's that gentleman's name yeah, yes yeah you
2: know what so, this that's scene heartbreaking shocked, yeah this scene shocked me because i was surprised that crosshair waited that long to shoot her oh you know, i thought he, he was
0: did, I, you're right i thought he was gonna shoot her mid yeah
2: I was, I was like <laughs> why is crosshair he's waiting? waiting too long yeah
1: yeah here's the thing he didn't have explicit orders to take her to kill her
2: I thought, um, what's his, uh, uh, Guy in Coruscant gave him Rampart. orders to just, yeah,
1: Rampart. The just. Orders, orders, I do believe, were to rescue Grot.
2: And me being me, my D&D characters would, uh, if in Crosshair's position, would probably have sh- taken that as to kill the person with yeah. a gun to
1: his the head. The only, the only orders Crosshair is given are do whatever is necessary to get the Imperial Governor back. I do think it was a neat twist with uh, Grattan, or sort of an untwist, where the second Grattan is free, who has been portrayed mildly sympathetically throughout the episode, he immediately turns around and is like, e- fucking shoot her immediately. I did like that. Yeah. I thought that was... I thought that was interesting.
0: I definitely saw that coming, only because, like you said, it took Crosshair a long time to shoot her. And then it was like the second, you know, he was like, All right, go ahead, and kill her. Crosshair's like, You got it, dude. Like <laughs>
2: Yeah, like I I'm even shocked that it took him that long like there was like a good 15 seconds after the order was delivered that cody was like trying to be like no no i just promised i'm I'm, like i'm shocked it wasn't even like the second
1: i think crosshair was waiting to see if cody would do it
2: oh that makes sense
1: because i think crosshair is at a point now where it's kind of implied but not really that he may be starting to doubt that the empire has his best interest in mind he's not showing it but he's miserable He's miserable. This episode is the first time we've seen Crosshair have an ounce of fucking joy in anything when he's running up with the clones and he's fighting alongside the clones again. So we're almost kind of seeing some seeds start to germinate that maybe he's starting to reevaluate his position. Uh, I don't want to get into the whole Crosshair redemption arc thing because uh, we'll be here all day uh, because a lot of people have a lot of very strong opinions about this. I will say it is interesting that Crosshair is portrayed as absolutely fucking miserable in this episode, except when he's fighting alongside the other clones.
2: Uh it's a it's a very Sundere moment. No, I don't wanna I don't wanna talk to you rags, Baka. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: then... Now let me banter with Cody, my new yeah. best friend.
2: <laughs> oh god, there is Crosshair and Cody shippers out there now, aren't there? Oh, Christ. Oh, you know we're going to yeah, have to ask sure.
1: yeah, later. Yeah. We're going to have to find out if there's crosshair and Cody shippers. Oh, good. He'll I'm sure if I him. type
0: in crosshair Cody nude uh, on Google, <laughs> it's going to come up. X <laughs>
1: ex-Cody. Love. Man fiction.
0: Right. Um, he took my bald head into his warm embrace and...
1: uh that's not the right ship. And then defected
0: uh, the Republic. I don't, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know
1: how to work the thing on AO3. So like Neither do I. Let's see. Uh so someone tell me if um if there are in fact uh Cody and Crosshair shippers out there. Uh actually no one give me this information. I don't want to know. Or or don't. I or do not I don't. I don't. <laughs> Please yeah, don't just tell me. Tweet at Gold Squadron Gaze if it exists <laughs> and I'll fight it. Yeah, just send so, so, so yeah. you have to tweet at gold squad gaze because gold squadron gaze is too long oh uh then do that instead i don't so, know how that um, works so <laughs> apparently tweet uh crosshair x cody uh fan fiction at gold squad gaze and i'll see it
0: Right, for research purposes. We yeah, I, I need will... you guys to do that.
1: Yeah, for research purposes. That's Dear yes, God that's what it is. Heaven. Uh my my final note on on Desics before we head back to Coruscant is seriously the animation is gorgeous. It is. The shot with the um the venator above the city and it's like in the clouds above the city ominously looming up there. Chef's kiss.
2: Beautiful. I I viewed that as an homage to um Rogue One and Jeddah, right? Cuz like <gasps> It's a very similar so city right. where it's like a really high-walled thing. Uh, uh, a, a Big ship uh, words. Star Destroyer. Floating above it, and then they're just looting
0: everything. Right. Occupying right? the city, yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, taking anything of value. And yeah, you gotta love imperialism. It's the <laughs> law.
1: <laughs> imperialism. It's fine when the imperial says it is.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, And why would the imperialist lie about imperialism being good that would be weird
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we done back to coruscant we got a little another little scene of cody and crosshair and cody's questioning things and uh cody has a line where he's like um yeah we all make choices and we have to live with them and he looks really sad he's talking about having to execute obi-wan right like he oh, thinks obi-wan yeah, what
0: he thinks well, yeah. he did yeah he either
1: absolutely. thinks he's dead or he thinks he's out there right. somewhere dead cuz in the movie he clearly thinks that obi-wan He's not going to write him off as dead unless there's a body. But oh man, do we think Cody knows that Obi Wan's alive?
0: No,
2: I don't I,
1: think so. I
2: think Cody thinks Obi Wan's dead, just because. Yeah,
0: like, he's for sure thinks he's dead, and yeah, he thinks he killed him. Like he yeah. thinks he's the reason why he's dead, oh, and that's God why he's guilty. Sake. Like he's like he's guilty, conscious, like right now. Like that's what it is.
2: Because like I don't, I don't think Cody would have given up if there was a shadow of a doubt that Obi Wan was alive.
1: Or dead. You mean dead.
2: uh, If there's a
1: shadow of a doubt that Obi-Wan was dead. Was it dead? No, you were right the first time. English English is hard for everyone, so it's... English is hard for English speakers. My whole thing is words and sentences, and I can't do English well.
2: Hate the english language and i'm a creative writing major like i've dedicated my life to writing and i hate it so much
1: i i have written in my lifetime probably millions if not tens of millions of words and i can't stand the english language i can't do it anyway another note that i have here i have two more notes left do we think Collectively as a group, that Crosshair has ever finished a single breakfast in his life.
0: Definitely not. He gets called to the principal's office more times than I can count, and it's every single time during his meal. Like I don't know if he just doesn't eat ever, but you yeah. know, that's probably why he's so skinny. He just doesn't eat.
2: Yeah, like I uh, yeah I I would bet that nine times out of ten um God names uh, uh Rampart. not not no no not uh not Hunter not Tech not Echo. Wrecker, Wrecker, thank you. Nine times out of ten, Wrecker just steals Cody's or uh, uh, Cody uh, Crosshair's
1: breakfast. I I feel back when the team was together. Yeah, because you remember in aftermath they get into the food fight and he tries to eat his food and then gets really annoyed that he has to join the fight. Yeah, this man has never finished a single breakfast in his life. This is why he joined the Empire, because he thought he could actually get to his scrambled eggs. He has never once gotten to his scrambled eggs. This man puts scrambled eggs on his plate every morning and has not tasted an egg in a decade.
2: Crosshair was like,
1: order? That's what I do at restaurants. I can get food. (laughs) Yes, the Empire brings me my order and then I get to eat it without being interrupted. Never happened. (laughs) And then finally, um, Rampart calls Crosshair up to his office, and we find out Cody has gone AWOL. So, RIP to Cody. Um, we're going to see how long you last being AWOL on Coruscant.
2: I think we're going to see Cody get rescued by the Bad Batch.
1: Because I think Rex yeah, I
2: is like hey i have a mission for you in the trailer and i would be shocked if that mission isn't to go to coruscant and get cody and rescue him i would be shocked
1: i like it. it's I probably like it. not going to yeah. be because that would connect things together and make sense and this show has not done that, that i will bet you... valid. <laughs> that is valid. so lucasfilm sent out screeners of the first 14 episodes to um other people not us which is partly on me um that's on me. I was going to work some things on the back end and they didn't get fully worked. But I know that people have not seen the last two episodes. So my prediction is if Cody comes back, it's going to be in those two episodes. Okay. Otherwise we would have heard something or I would have heard something through the grapevine about Cody being in multiple episodes. And I've only heard him being in one. Okay, that's fair. So it is, it is highly possible that he's going to show up again in the finale.
0: Or he's just in every single episode after this and he takes crosshairs place as part of the new bad batch and you're just no one likes you to tell you enough uh you know that's true
1: no (laughs) one likes me which is an important thing to keep in mind everyone hates me and is constantly shitting on me that's why i get to be on multiple podcasts with people that i respect Um, is actually because they're just bringing me on to make fun of me. Unrelatedly, I am on an episode of Fulcrum Transmissions (laughs) this week. If it's any
2: consolation, Charles, I don't hate you. I just hate your opinions. Well, we're going to need to fix that. (laughs) (laughs) Two notes about the scene with Rampart. One, this meeting totally could have just been an email. (laughs) Um, Like, I, yeah. And second, um, Crosshair's, like... Emotions as he's being told that Cody uh, has gone awol. It's it's giving me uh, Scarlet Envy in All Star Six. Is it me? Am I the drama? No. Am I the villain?
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, that's exactly what it is. It's
2: just like, huh? Every clone that's close to me leaves the Empire. I wonder why that is. Must be unrelated. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I like that Rampart is not explicitly saying, but he's kind of, like, implying, essentially, like, maybe Crosshair is a double agent. Like, he's like, I don't know if I like what's happening to people around you. Like, they all seem to be defecting. And it's like, hmm, are you secretly trying to turn all the clones against the Empire? Like, what's going on here? Like, he's essentially being Rex, right? Like, he's, like, thinking that's what he's doing, but he he's just an idiot (laughs) he's not doing well the other
1: thing like an overwhelming theme of Crosshair's story so far is that crosshair is going to be loyal to the empire no matter how shittily the empire treats him he he's really pulling a cyril really truly right loyal to they would get along and the thing is the empire does not care to the clones loyalty is everything everything to the clones. Explicitly they say in season seven of the clone wars, loyalty means everything to them. The em- crosshair is loyal to the empire. The empire is not loyal to crosshair. So Rampart being like, Hmm, I wonder if, you know, there's a, a pattern here. That's Rampart not being loyal enough to crosshair to say, yeah, obviously you're loyal, but it's a shame that everyone around you keeps defecting. So I think what we're going to see, you know, continuing on this theme is, the Empire is less and less loyal to Crosshair because a fascist system does not care how much you care about it. If it wants to take advantage of you or you're in a minority, then it doesn't matter how hard you support it, you're going to suffer under it. But there's no politics in Star Wars, so. No, none at all. None Um, whatsoever.
2: Also, it just popped into my mind, but I'm just imagining the movie Office Spaces with Milton being Crosshair and just keep getting like worse and worse desks until he eventually burns down the uh the office building watch that be the
1: plot of crosshair's story yeah <laughs> I,
0: I think that might, might be pretty close yeah. yeah i think i think you're pretty close on to what his story is i think it's eventually going to end up he's going to have to run from the empire because they're going to turn on him at some point so i think you're i think you're right on the money there
2: i'm excited to see him put strychnine in the guacamole which is <laughs> Just... Favorite quote from, like, any movie I've seen in the last two years.
1: All right, well, <laughs> we are coming up on, to, to be clear, I, I want to talk just a little bit behind behind the podcasting mic, how Bradley and I make this show. Part of our, our rules and the way we set up how we record this show to avoid driving ourselves fucking insane uh, is that we sort of have a light rule of... Uh, we try to keep our episodes roughly double the length of whatever content we happen to be talking about. Uh, So we try to keep our Bad Batch episodes about 40 minutes. Raw recording, we are at one hour and 49 minutes talking about a 30-minute episode of Bad Batch. So, Colton, do you have any final thoughts on the solitary clone? It was a good episode. Thank you, Colton. That's a pretty good (laughs) Bradley, do you have any thoughts, uh, final thoughts on a solitary clone?
0: Best of the season, by far, uh, of three episodes.
1: Why the fuck did they use a flamethrower on a droid calf? Well, Colton, thank you so much for joining us this week <laughs> on I uh, Know <laughs> a Squadron Gaze. It's been an absolute delight to have you uh, and get to talk about the battle droids and one of the Clone Wars-like battles in this show. Do you want to tell the people where they might find you?
2: I'm on Twitter uh, at Colton Z nine. I think probably that sounds about right. I'll double check it for you. Thank you. I'm on four light and dice podcast, as I mentioned earlier, which is very good. You should listen to it. It's fun. Um, And I'm occasionally on the nerdsmith network on Twitch, uh, which is a TTRPG uh, streaming group, which even if I'm not there, they're very fun to watch. I would recommend going. I'm not getting paid to say that. I wish I was because I like money. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh overall i'm just uh thank you so very much for having me and i was very happy to be here and uh if you have an episode where you can record for more than an hour that you wanted
1: to uh i'm happy to come on the show again. you were correct about your twitter it is at colton z9 yes. is the correct twitter uh thank you for coming on everyone go and uh check out colton's character on four light and dice which of course is my other pluggable you can find me there playing Win the grumpy Duros pilot. And also this week you can find me once again on an episode of Fulcrum Transmissions talking about Mon Mothma that either will have come out by the time you hear this or it will be dropping, from what I am told, it should be dropping later in the same day. Uh, they usually come out on Mondays. Colton, thank you once again for coming. Bradley, go ahead and run their socials like Cody running away from the Empire. Thank you for listening to Gold Squadron Gaze. Should Charles fuck something up? Send us a message at GoldSquadronGaze at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Gold Squad Gaze. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Gold Squadron Gaze. Subscribe to us on YouTube
0: at Gold Squadron Gaze, where we post the podcast as well as exclusive content. Please
1: join us next week and every week for more of Gold Squadron Gaze. remember was, it, was like, it cut this cut this bit out <laughs> what, sure Was it honey you remember that very cute anime we watch where the girl is trapped on the island and... this is going in the end clip by the way
2: perfect i yeah no i'm really excited. <laughs>